never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I have a great show today for you guys. I have a special guest, my brother, apologist, Desmond Ingram. We're going to be talking about the importance of apologetics and the Hebrew Israelites. Most of you guys have may have heard of people leaving the church to become a Hebrew Israelite. And who are the Hebrew Israelites? What do they believe? We're going to get into that. But we're going to talk about the importance of apologetics. And listen, when it comes to apologetics, you don't have to be intimidated. The most important part about apologetics is not knowing what other people believe, but knowing what you believe and why you believe what you believe. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the importance of apologetics and also the Hebrew Israelite faith and how it is on the rise. But listen, before we hop into that, I want to encourage you guys to go to pathofrevelationnow.com. I have new merch up, Power Love Sound Mind t-shirts, and Love is Greater Than Fear t-shirts. And listen, if you've placed the order already and you're still waiting for your t-shirt, please just bear with us. Um, There is a backup with the distributor due to COVID-19. So orders are taking at least four to six weeks to arrive. But the shirts are coming. I want to appreciate I want to thank everyone who has supported Path of Revelation up until this point. Uh, Make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Like I said, Uh, leave a prayer request. Um, Let us know how the show has been a blessing to you or if you have any questions or suggestions for future shows i most definitely want to hear from you but listen i want to get into the show right now with my my guest and my brother so i have i have a special guest today for you guys we're going to be talking about why apologetics is so important I also want to dive into the Hebrew Israelite movement that seems to be gaining a lot of traction, especially in in the in the cultural climate that we're in in the world. And and some of you may not some of you may be totally oblivious to who the Hebrew Israelites are and what this cult actually believes and who they are. But, you know, I want to take this time to kind of educate you. Some of you guys are familiar with it. And, and may have um, loved ones, brothers, sisters, cousins who now proclaim to be Israelites and 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 w- many of which used to profess to be Christians, but no longer now. They still claim to follow the God of the Bible. But um, what I want to do is I want to bring my brother on Desmond Ingram. Say what's up, Desmond, to the people, man. What's going on? What's going on, man? It's a pleasure, bro. Pleasure, man. Man, man, I'm I'm so I'm so excited to have you on, man. Like, for you guys who don't know, Desmond, he's an apologist, young apologist. Um, he has a YouTube channel called Christ Jesus TV. Could you just share some some about that? Let people know um, about Christ Jesus TV and what you're doing, Desmond. Are you in school right now? Are you working? What's what what's what's going on with you, man? Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, Crazy Jesus TV, man, is a YouTube channel I started about uh, two summers ago uh, with one of my boys, uh, John, two, two of my boys, Jonathan Hodges. You guys may know him in the city, uh, in Detroit. Um, also, my bro, uh, Chris uh, Gillum, as well. And uh, you know, we just started talking about different things, man. We we started off talking about uh, the Hebrew Israelites and the, the Cam Dodd trend, and we started talking about the Nation of Islam, and that went into talking about you know, is Jesus is God, and you no, know, so many different topics. You know, my my whole thing is trying to engage the people but equip the people too 
you know, that's, you know, what that's one of our uh, calls as believers, especially leaders in the church. And, you know, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to school, man. I'm a uh, second semester at Moody Theological Seminary, man, uh, working on my bachelor's in biblical studies. So, uh, you know, just, it's just a journey, man. And, you know, uh, you know, dealing with still, you know, a father and a husband. So how, how many, how many kids you got? I just got one. I just got one. That's Thank what's God up. for the one. <laughs> Praise <laughs> God, <laughs> man. Kids are a blessing. Now, yes. sh- shout out to Jonathan and Chris, man. Those are some solid brothers, man. Most definitely love those brothers. Um, so, so let me. Why, why is apologetics so important, Desmond? Why, are, why is this conversation that we're having or about to engage in so important? Man, that's a good question, bro. Uh, apologetics is important, bro. Especially, you know, the internet. Um, you know, time we're living in, internet age that we're living in, and um, I think it's a lost art, especially amongst minorities, uh, the black church, um, that we, we don't know what apologetics is, you know, it's funny, I, I go to a lot of churches in the city and begin to talk about apologetics, and I'm like, do you guys know what that is, and they think, oh, it's just an apology, you know, so, and, and, and don't get me wrong, and, you know, and don't get me wrong, I, I, you know, I, I get it. But, you know, that just shows us how far off we are from understanding what apologetics are. Um, and then also, you know, you have some people that believe we shouldn't engage in apologetics because we shouldn't debate, right? But, you know, according to First Peter 3.15, that's where we get our scripture base of, you know, apologetics yeah. and defending the faith, right? Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we, we get to model because just like, uh, you know, our whole life as believers, you know, we don't model after Paul. We get things from Paul, but we model our life off of Christ. And uh, believe it or not, even Jesus, he engaged in a, in a form of apologetics, you know, defending who he is according to what the scriptures spoke about him. Um, right. You know, you look many times, you look at Matthew 12, when he's defending how he's the Lord of the Sabbath, right? Or uh, John 10, when he's uh, defending that he's one with the Father. And, you know, in John chapter 8, verses 48 through 59, where he's defending that he's the very deity. He is God. So we see we see Jesus engaging in that. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, so many scriptures with Paul, you know, disputing with the Hellenist, you know, him and the Barnabas going back and forth with the Pharisees. So, in so many words, apologetics is biblical. It is important. It's uh, the duty of a Christian, for sure. Right. Yeah. And, you know, everything you're saying is true because, you know, you get people that saying, oh, it don't take all of that. Or, you know, it's, you know, you just come come to the altar. If you get it at the altar, you get it. If you don't, you don't. You just got to rebel your spirit. And, and it's like, man, pe- apologetics is so important. The Bible says we, we perish because of a lack of knowledge. And something that i've been telling people so much desmond is like man we're truly in the information age like it's so much information out here and we have to be careful who we lend our ears to like like we just can't be listening to any and everybody and just because someone talks with confidence or has a huge following doesn't mean that they're right it doesn't mean that their information is credible. Some of some fools, fools, some fools have some of the biggest followings. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can think of a lot of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> like according to scripture, what the Bible would classify as a fool, you know, they have there are fools who have huge followings. And I always encourage people. And I think it's something that we as Christians have to be conscious of that not every source is, is, is a good credible source. Like we gotta, we gotta be able to have a solid foundation in the word of God, in the things of God, um, to hold up the information that we're getting, you know what I'm saying? To filter, you know, and and get the right perspective. And so I think that apologetics is, is super important and I think because um, and I and, and I'll ask you this next question because yeah. this is something that I've been thinking in a while and I'm very curious um, to hear what you think before we just really hop into the Hebrew Israelite aspect and that is do you believe that false doctrine in the church aids in pushing people to courts? Yeah, man. Um, you know, my I've always said you know especially to start dealing with urban apologetics, right? Which is just another branch of apologetics. Just another branch. Um, but one thing about dealing with the uh, mystery cults uh, in the urban aspect, man, a lot of it is spearheaded 
uh, because of the prosperity gospel, right? And so, you know, I, I tend to say that apologetics um, is just a is just a way to uh, nav- uh, con- con- uh, convey the gospel in the heart places, right? right. Um, be- because we've seen stuff like the prosperity gospel, people have been hurt um, and, co- and miseducated. Um, and, manip- and manipulated. And manipulated. There you go. And manipulated because of uh, the prosperity gospel and so many other just terrible doctrines that have been rampant um, in-, in the church, right? And so you have these people that are hurt they're, they've been manipulated, they've been miseducated, but they still have a thirst for um, for God, I believe. And they have a, a thirst to be wanted, and they have a thirst of, you know, want, uh, wanting knowledge. And so what happens is, guess what? The Hebrew Israelites out there, my man who's teaching from the conscious community, he's out on the street. You know, the Christian definitely ain't on the street, it seems like, these days. So what happens is you have these uh, mystery cults that are out there, they're willing to educate Right, they're willing to speak on things that the church uh, may not speak on, um, right. but they're also willing to, um, you know, be with you to have community and fellowship with you. And so, mm. um, you know, I've I've heard I don't know who it was. I want to say it was Vody Bochum, but he said that you know, uh, cults are the unpaid bills of the church. Right? <laughs> and it's so true. It is so true, man. We, and, and you, you know, and you, go ahead, go and ahead, you know what? The the cult, and I don't mean to cut you off, but. A lot of their gripes with the church aren't always wrong. Like some some of the gripes are actually gripes that um, we have with the church. But go ahead, you know. No, I'm glad you. No, but I'm glad you point that out because uh, I was talking to a, a Hebrew Israelite friend of mine uh, about a couple a couple days ago. I'll say about five days ago, and he's not in the camps, but he's just a moderate, right? Um, but he said, you know, Des, I came out of Christianity, man. He said it wasn't the people that were doing wrong. He said it was the institution. He said, man, how is it that, you know, people can be uh, saying they prophets, but they get the prophecy wrong and we still call them a prophet. And I said, you know what? I said, you know what, bro? Jeez. Believe it or not, I agree with you. And what I'm what I'm learning, bro, is when we as, uh, as Christians, right, especially as African-Americans, uh, when we understand the, the issues or the problems that our friends or our family members who are often to these cults have, when we say, like, no, that's a problem, then they're like, wait, hold on, because most Christians, you know, they'll just overlook that. But when they realize that, no, man, we, we, we stand on holiness, we're about what the Bible really teaches, I think that gets the, the wheels turning in their head, you know. So so it's important for us to deal with truth on all all spectrums, if that makes sense. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's a great, a lot of great points that you are making. And so one of the reasons why, and I think everything that we're talking about right now is great to lay a foundation to segue into the Hebrew Israelites and and the mo- the movement of the Hebrew Israelites is is something that we're beginning to see more and more like we're even seeing celebrities uh like Dwight Howard Fantasia um I've heard a couple of other people recently um uh, Wayne T's son, what's his name? Uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon T. Jackson. Jackson, Brandon T. Jackson, who are all a part of the Hebrew Israelite faith. And could you tell the listeners who, cause some, just some may just be completely ignorant, but also a lot of churches, you know, are unaware that they're, they're losing members to this theology. You know, they don't even know. But what what who are the Hebrew Israelites? What is the Hebrew Israelite religion? If you can sum it up really quickly uh, for the listeners. Yeah, man. Um, you know, that's it's a deep question, man, because, you know, what's what's interesting about the Hebrew Israelites and the Hebrew Israelite movement, they're not monolithic, meaning like there's not just one belief system. Right. They don't all believe the same thing. Um, you know, so if we just deal with the camps, right, um, you have the camps that were, uh, that originated back in 1969 in Harlem, uh, 125th Street. So that's why we call, you know, uh, mm. the camps, you know, One West, right? That's right. where they get from, uh, One West and uh, 125th Street in Harlem. Um, and that was ran by, that, that school was started by a guy named Abba Bivens, and with him, a guy named uh, Rabbi Wentworth actually told him and convinced him he was an Israelite. Now, mm. the issue that you begin to have is, 
there was a lot of splitting because there was a lot of different doctrines. You had like doctrines of reincarnation and all that type of stuff going on in the school. So that's where you get your camps that begin, uh, you know, to split where you get your GMS, you know, your ISUPK, your IUIC and all that stuff. Now you go to your moderate Israelite. Now your moderate Israelite, he may not, he or she may not be vulgar. Like, uh, you know, the guy on the street corner with the camps, they don't associate with the camps, but they may at times still have camp doctrine. If that makes sense. Now they may not harp on, you know, you, you listen to someone like GMS talk about, you know, we're going to rape white women in the kingdom and all that craziness, all that foolishness. They may not believe that, but they still may have a hint of, uh, racism or a racist doctrine so to speak it may not be on that level but they still have it and they still associate uh, themselves with the curses of deuteronomy 28 and i'm sure we'll probably uh deal with that so 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 when you say racist doctrine what's an example of racist doctrine um when you say they they have racist doctrine yeah 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 so like for example you know you'll you'll talk to a lot of camps right um that believe that the white men is the devil you know, and now, you know, that's a doctrine that the Nation of Islam taught as well. So you start seeing a lot of that stuff from the older cults, you know, trickling down into the newer cults uh, t- of today. You know, they believe that the white man is Esau, the, the white man is the Edomites, and, you know, that God will smite uh, Israel, I mean, uh, will smite uh, Esau, all the white people, and he's going to destroy him. Or, you know, you, some may have a doctrine where, you know, white people will be slaves in the kingdom, or you have some. Um, you know, camps like GMS, you know, well, that teach that they can have sex, they can rape white women in the kingdom. Just very demonic, very uh, demonic. Yeah. So in a lot, in a, a lot of, in a lot of camps, they believe that Christ only died for them, for Israel. They claim to be yes. the real, the, yeah, yeah. And, and they claim that white people are are false Israelites, the um, the Jews that we see of the white pigment are 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 false jews and that christ only came to die for israel right some of the um, most of the camps yeah. at least that's most of the camps that you talk to that's what they believe you know they believe that you know you know christ only died for israel and salvation is only for israel and unfortunately you know they don't they don't break down the entirety of scriptures and so that's where a lot of people get hung up on or you know they'll they'll see one scripture that says oh you know oh god has chosen israel so therefore god hates all people he hates the white man and that's just not it's just not biblical whatsoever Right. So so I want to dive some more into this, but real quick for everyone that's listening, Desmond, and I, I just have to make this point. Hopefully you guys can start seeing why we're talking about this right now and why it's so relevant, especially in the climate that we're in where, hey, the media is hey, black people are being unjustly killed by cops and racism and prejudice are at the forefront of of our world today you know what i'm saying you got black lives matter literally being painted on streets across america in protests and this has become a part the perfect storm for courts or black courts like the hebrew israelites where they can say look see they're oppressing us they're targeting us because we're the chosen we're chosen and so when when the church fails to properly disciple people and to properly teach sound doctrine and things of that nature it opens up the door for courts to move in and provide a false sense of security that the person may have been looking for in the church and so we see we see instances like this time in and time out and one and i just had this thought desmond we need more spiritual fathers and and what i'm what i mean by that i'm reminded of just how paul prepared timothy i mean letters upon letters Keep in mind the doctrine that you've been taught. Watch out for false teachers. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. He was 
he was instructing Timothy as a son in the gospel. That's right. But we, and I think this is part of one of the blessings in the pandemic because it's forced everyone to look, to face themselves, including a lot of church leaders. It's time out from, for trying to disciple people from a stage or the pulpit. That's right. That's right. We, That's right. We, there are missed opportunities, and I understand some people just don't want truth. There, you can do all the right things, and and people still are going to rebel. I get that, because man is prone to sin. But I truly believe there are people who are truly looking for an authentic example of Christ in leadership in an authentic relationship with God. And I believe there have been times where the church has missed opportunities and, and, and pushed people away. And so with that, with all of that being said, when, when it comes to the Hebrew Israelites, what does it mean when they say, what does it mean? Number one, what does it mean for Israel to be God's chosen people versus how they interpret it? Yeah, man, no, that is, that's a really good question, man. You know, as Christians, you know, we have to admit that God did choose a people, which was Israel. You know, right. we, we can't get around that. But I think where Christians get stuck and where um, and, and where Israelites, they get hung up on is the idea that since Israel is only chosen, then God doesn't do anything with anyone else. You know, like we'll, like if you look at Isaiah chapter 44, you know, God tells us that, you know, he chose Jacob. He chose Israel. Right. Um, we see that in Deuteronomy 5 and 2 that God definitely, um, you know, made a covenant with the forefathers that are uh, not with the forefathers, but like he made with Israel. Right. Right. Um, so we see that. I mean, going back even to Genesis 15, uh, verse 13 and 16. And I'm giving all these scriptures because I, I don't want to just say stuff. but I want to back it up with scripture so people can go Amen. back and they can put in their notes. Right. Um, you know, but even God, he promised. Uh, you know, Abraham's offsprings, um, that he'll give them a land after they came out of Egypt after 400 years. So, right. you know, God had a covenant people, you know, but unfortunately, Israelites, uh, I only so called Israelites, uh, black Hebrew Israelites, they interpret as God has no plan of salvation for non Jews, and you know, and he hates everyone that is not Israel. But that goes against scripture, right? So, so, because, so let, but, let, let me just for the listeners to be clear. So, basically. They interpret chosen people as only people. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, but that goes against scripture. That goes against even stuff in the Old Testament because, you know, what we usually tend to do as Christians, we'll use the New Testament to prove that, you know, God has called all men. But there's so many uh, gems in the Old Testament. Like, for example, if you look at Exodus chapter 12, verse 46 through 49, you know, you know, the Lord tells us that, look, Israel, bring in the foreigner. If they get circumcised, they can take part in the Passover, uh, the Passover. Matter of fact, there should be one law uh, in the land between the native and the foreigner. And also it, it was against it was against God's commandments for Israel to treat a foreigner as an actual foreigner. But rather they, should, they were supposed to treat them as natives. You know, um, mm. I mean, look at. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's wow. there. I mean, so 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 you're saying we see God's plan for salvation for all yes. men, even yes. in the Old Testament. Yes, yes, absolutely. And this is a misconception of uh, Christians and also Israelites because we miss it. Because, you know, you know, I love the New Testament. Thank God for the New Testament. Thank God for the New Covenant. But there's so, like I said earlier, there's so many gems in the Old Covenant, man. I mean, I mean, I could, I could name off a couple if you let me real quick, bro. I don't, I, you know, um, yeah, go like ahead. Moses, like Moses' wife, you know, Zipporah, you know, was a Midianite woman. Exodus chapter two, verse sixteen through twenty-two. You know, also the Cushite woman that Moses married. Some people say uh, uh, Zipporah. Some people say that was another woman. But in Numbers twelve and one, what was she? She's a non-Israelite. She's a Cushite woman. Uh, I mean, me talk about this other day with Ruth, uh, a Moabite woman. We see that in Ruth. So, so, so Ruth, so Ruth wasn't an Israelite either. She wasn't an Israelite. She wasn't an Israelite. Man. At all. <laughs> what about what about Rahab? <laughs> Rahab wasn't an Israelite. Was not an Israelite. But guess what? They are in the genealogy of who? Of right. the Messiah. Yeah. Of Jesus Christ. Right? So Jesus Christ, who we all know is a Jew, right? Um, he has nine Jews in his genealogy. So that just shows you that, 
you know, God isn't caught up in this whole thing of uh, of ethnicity and things like that. Yeah, did God choose the people? Yes, and we'll probably get into it in a minute, but God chose Israel for a reason. It's not because, oh, man, you know, I just want you guys to be so special that, you know, I hate everyone else. No, not at all. No, not, not at all. Um, and, you know, my last scripture, last two things real quick is, yeah. you know, you look at Jonah. You know, Jonah preaching repentance to the Ninevites, right? Non-Israelites. Um, <laughs> Non-Israelites, man. You know, and, and then my favorite as of late is um, Isaiah chapter 19, verse 16 through 25. It tells us that the Lord uh, views Israel egypt and assyria as his people you know man. so yeah man i mean so god he's dealing with non-israelites in the old covenant um in second chronicles chapter 6 verse 32 through 33 as well when solomon tells us that the foreigners can come in and pray to the god of israel uh, come on now temple judaism yep yep that's bible yep. like even in leviticus like i was reading leviticus uh 19 um, just reading as Moses is giving the children of Israel the laws, you know what I'm saying? And, and in verse 34, he says, but the stranger <laughs> that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. So, so when I, when I, I, I begin to ask myself, okay, what is the chosen, what does it mean for Israel to be chosen then? Chosen for what? Because when we look at um, humanity, when Adam sinned, all men became sinners. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, that's Bible. If you read Romans 5, just all of Romans 5, just by one man's sin, you know, we all became sinners, you know, and so by one man's free gift, referring to Christ, shall all shall many be made righteous. And, and Romans five is excellent for just painting, giving a contrast between the first Adam and then Christ as the second Adam. And I also think first um, Corinthians chapter 15 or first um, Corinthians chapter 15 talks about Christ as the second Adam. Um, but it's very important uh, for us to understand God's plan of salvation. Um, but when it talks about Israel as the chosen people, one of the first things that comes to mind is the promise that was made to Abraham in Genesis. Um, we, we find this promise being made in Genesis 12. I don't have the scripture right in front of me, but in Genesis chapter 22, uh, verse 17 through 18, God makes the promise with Abraham and he says, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemy. Verse 18 and in your offspring shall all nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice now we know the offspring that he's referring to here is jesus because in galatians chapter 3 verse 16 it says now the promises were made to abraham and to his offspring it does not say and to his offsprings referring to many but referring to one and to your offspring who is christ now, this is this is important because we see the scriptures is painting a picture of as Christ being the offspring and the savior of the world, the savior of all nations. And one of the things that um, I've run into dealing with a lot of my Hebrew Israelite friends and associates is, oh, that's Israel. That That's, you know, Gentiles are Israel. But if we look at. Acts chapter 17, and I'm going to just read this and you can hop in. Um, Acts, in Acts chapter, chapter 17, verse 26 through 27, it says, And he made from one man, referring to Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, 
having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So in other words, he the scriptures are saying from one man, God made all of humanity. Verse 27. Now, this is the kicker that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Now, here's the problem that I find with a lot of Hebrew Israelites doctrine. In verse 26, they will acknowledge that that's referring to all humanity. God made from one man all of humanity. But in verse 27, they'll try to say that that's referring to Hebrew Israelites. But it doesn't make a distinction. It's it's right in line with verse 26 referring to all humanity and that God desires that all humanity seek after him. That's right. That's right. You know, it it makes me think of, um, you know, Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15, verse 15 through 17, when uh, James, where he actually quotes um, Amos chapter nine, Mm. because in Amos chapter nine, it talks about how the Lord has a remnant of, um, of of um, Edom, right? But then, if you understand with the um, the New Testament, the reason why it's translated to uh, all of mankind is because of um, the Greek sub uh, the Greek Septuagint that uh, James is quoting from, right? So right. either way that you look at it, when you're looking at Acts chapter nine, you see the fulfillment of it in Acts chapter fifteen, verse fifteen through seventeen, because of the atonement of Christ Jesus. Mm. Um, Jesus died for the whole entire world. The atonement was for the whole entire world, you know. And I guess it kind of goes into the, our next question a little bit. Um, hopefully, I'm not jumping the gun. No, go ahead. Um, <laughs> you know, with you know, with Jesus uh, dying for, did he come to die only for Israel, or did he die for the whole entire world? You know, because um, I remember I was at um, a great uh, pastor friend of both of ours, uh, Pastor Ken Neither, uh at Crossover Church. Excellent. Shout excellent out to church. Pastor Ken. Yes, shout out to him, man. Out in Southfield, doing excellent work, man. One of my mentors, man. Amen. Um, he, he he allowed me to uh, at his church, and um, believe it or not, one of the uh, Hebrew Israelites from IUIC. I didn't know he was there. He actually seen me at my job a couple weeks later, and he was like, "Bro, I know you from somewhere. You know, around here, you gotta be careful when somebody say, you know, I know you from somewhere, brother. Where, where you know you from?" He said, "No." He said, "He said, brother, you hate us, man." I said, "Why do you say that? I hate, hate, hate you guys." He said, "Because you go against our doctrine." He said, "This I don't understand." Why, um, you know, you don't, you, you won't let us, uh, you told the Christians not to use John 3.16. Because as Christians, John 3.16 is the lay of Isaac, you know, for God so love what? The world, right? Right. Now, Hebrew Israelites, mainly in the camps, they'll say that the world, because uh, they'll take you back to Isaiah 45 and 17, and say that the world really means Israel. But that's a bad scripture to actually use. Because in the Hebrew, uh, the term world um, in Isaiah 45 and 17 is actually interpreted as eternity or time, not wow. a people or Israel, right? So that's what we're running into. Uh, that's the issue that they run into when they want to try to use John 3, um, John 3, 16 and say, that's talking, uh, that's just talking about Israel. That's just talking about, you know, not the whole entire world, but they really cut themselves with that. But um, it's evident that Jesus came to save the the whole entire world, man. Uh, but, but go ahead, bro. I, I, I hope I didn't jump ahead. No, no, no. What you're talking about is so important because I think that I had a conversation with my brother the other day. Um, I'm not going to say his name. But there are many Christians who are starting to adopt Hebrew Israelite doctrine. Some some of which what I've seen this is what I've seen Desmond. I've seen Christians who still profess to be Christians but they they be, they start out by claiming, "Oh, I'm an Israelite." I'm an Israelite. And then they begin to grow in Hebrew Israelite doctrine and the more they grow in Hebrew Israelite doctrine, um they begin to reject Christian doctrine sound teaching and so um Ishan Burgundy the Christian rapper shared a video on Instagram the other day where the in the video you have a man talking about black people are the true Jews 
And what what really bothered me about the video that Ishan shared was he didn't give any real context. And this is what a lot of them do when they are in the beginning phases of coming out and proclaiming that they're Israelites. Um, they'll they'll put out doc, uh, posts here and there to kind of test the waters is what I feel like they're doing. And so my brother saw the post from Ishan Burgundy because he follows Ishan Burgundy. He likes his music and he makes a post and saying, what if we are the truly the Israelites? What if my kids look like Jesus? What if we look like Jesus? And he began to say these things. And I just simply messaged him and said, once you come to the conclusion that you're an Israelite, now what? Man, now man, what? That's a great question. Yeah. Because in the Bible, Paul didn't come and say, I preach, I'm an Israelite. He says, I preach Christ that's right. and him that's crucified. Right. If anything, Paul considered his scholarship and his past as dung. That's right. That's right. Compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Paul was a he a Hebrew of Hebrews prior to straight. conversion with Christ. Straight, straight up Hebrew. Talk. Like he was, he was the he was the Hebrew Israelite that Hebrew Israelites are aspiring to be today, and they don't even realize it. They're they're aspiring to be Saul. Mm, wow. Man. And don't even realize I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna have to tell you on a Facebook post with that. They're yeah, they're aspiring to be saw and don't even realize it. And 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 when when most of Paul's ministry is shooting down what Hebrew Israelites argue for today. It's 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 crazy. So I hit him up and we had a conversation, Desmond. And I was like, listen, man, if Christ isn't enough and listen. I don't have a problem with somebody believing that they're Israelite long as it doesn't become right. a I long as it doesn't become an idol. Just like politics can become an idol, anything can become an idol. Um it's nothing wrong with claiming a heritage if it's actually your heritage and being proud of where you come from. But when it becomes more important than Christ, that's when we have a problem. You know, I, I and I and I'm just taking this from Michael, our brother Mike, Mike Sims, who was a former yes. Hebrew Israelite. I saw Shout a post. Out Shout, Shout out to Mike, Mike man. You guys got to hear his testimony. God willing, yes. I could have him on um, one day. One day, but yes. Mike made a post that said most Hebrew Israelites claim to be in the truth. What's the truth? Well, Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." But when they say that they're in the truth, it's not them proclaiming Christ. It's them proclaiming their perceived or claimed nationality or ethnicity. And that's a red flag. Like, and this is what I told my brother. Like, if we're looking to exalt anything above Christ, even being an Israelite, that's a red flag. I mean, look, look at what Jesus did with the Pharisees in John 8, right? <laughs> they was like man my, our father is Abraham and you know they began to try to flex on Jesus and Jesus was like Abraham rejoiced to see my day like he a, Abraham rejoiced to hear the gospel that was about me and they got mad and said how are you you're not even older than Ab Abraham is dead and you were born after him how did how did Abraham, they, they didn't understand that they were speaking to God in the flesh. They, and, and they missed it. And, and I think this is what's happening with many Hebrew Israelites today. They're clinging to, um, they're clinging to their, um, the prophets and the, of old, not realizing that the prophets of old was pointing to Christ. And, and bro, and not, hopefully I'm not cutting you off. Go ahead, bro. But, Go ahead. But you make such an excellent point with John chapter eight, and that's one of my go-to scriptures when people, when uh, Hebrews like try to hit me with ethnicity as that's the truth. And that whole narrative 
look, remember, Jesus said, look, man, I know you're Abraham's seed. You you come from the bloodline of Abraham. I know that. When he was talking to... He's Rome, like, I'm not denying he's like, that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not denying that. He said, but guess what? He said, but you're like your father. He said, you know, Abraham's our father, even God, for we were not born of sexual morality. He said, no, no, you missed the point, homie. He said, man, since my word has no place for you, mm. you are like your father, the devil. He said, right? your father is the devil. That's right. <laughs> yep. And so... So Jesus is not caught up on your ethnicity. Jesus can care less if you're an Israelite or, you know, you're white, you're black, whatever the case may be. He does not care about that. What, what he cares most importantly is what, the, what does the gospel do to you? Does it change you to the point where you are willing to submit to Christ and have faith in him and fellowship with him? You know, that's why I love Romans chapter 4 when Paul goes on and he talks about, like, like look, man, Abraham, was he called righteous before God when he, before he was circumcised or was he uncircumcised? The answer is he was uncircumcised and God still called him righteous. So because of Paul faith. goes on to this because of faith. Because of faith. And so Paul in Romans chapter 4, he goes in this thing where it's like, look, man, God is for the so the one who was circumcised and the one who was uncircumcised. In Ephesians 2, and I actually uh, preached on this at church on Sunday. Yeah. You know, whether you are a Jew who is circumcised, right, or uh, a Gentile who is uncircumcised, guess what? God is calling every man to be circumcised spiritually in their heart by the Holy Spirit. And right. the only way that you get that is by having faith in Christ. So when I talk to these brothers on the street, man, what I'm realizing is that there has been, and you talked about it, man, there has been such a miseducation of the Bible. There's been a manipulation. There's been so many things that they have seen wrong from people who are ministers and pastors. And so now when they get into the so-called truth, now, hey, look, man, now they're, they, they, they're able to dig into the scriptures because someone is feeding it to them. But truth be told, man, um, they're just being led astray. And I think that's why it's our job. And I thank God, man, and I'm so appreciative of you bringing me on uh, your platform to talk about this, bro, because we need more conversations like this Yeah. to show, show. and look, man, there are Christians who, A, care about you, we love you, um, but, you know, we, we, we hold true to what the scriptures say, and uh, the scriptures is, like you said, man, it points to Jesus, and Jesus is the truth, man, he's the only way to heaven. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's that's so important. And for for everyone listening, like th this is this is what it's about because this is just one aspect that I think that the enemy is is using to de to deceive people. And what's interesting, there's only one truth. There's only one way to heaven. But there are many roads to hell. <laughs> That's right. And, and, what's, and what's interesting, bro, is the enemy will have two different groups arguing with each other and they're on the way to the same hell. That's right. You know, That's right. you know, I feel like we're in such a time where people are so self-righteous and everybody's so busy pointing the finger at one another that no one is repenting. And I think that Courts and false doctrine always plays into people's self-righteousness and self-glorification. Um, but the unique thing about following Christ, he always calls for us to deny ourselves. And even to the point that you made about the, the physical circumcision that we would see in the Old Testament, that was just a type and shadow. Like, like God always desired for the circumcision to be of the heart, a circumcision that's separating us from the things of this world, us being separated from the things um, that are temporary, things that um, are not eternal. And um, we see these types and shadows throughout the scriptures um, in the Old Testament, and we see the fulfillment of these things in the New Testament. Let me ask you something, because um, before we wrap up, and I guess this will be one of the last points that we deal with about the Hebrew Israelites. I've heard a lot of Hebrew Israelites make the claim of, oh, you Christians are just trying to do away with the law. You know, um, what do you? What is your response to that when you hear them say that? Yeah, man. 
you know, you hear that a lot because, you know, we don't hold to the law of Moses. Um, you know, uh, Christ has fulfilled the law according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Um, but no, we're, we, we don't believe in living a lawless lifestyle. You know, now we hold to the law of Christ. And I think that has to be a whole other discussion. But um, being as a, as a believer in Christ and upholding the law of Christ, uh, we're not for adultery. We're not for fornication. We're not for uh, lying. I mean, for any, anything that we can think of that is sinful, we're not for. Uh, you know, because the scriptures preach against that. Now, what we understand as believers, if we read um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, I believe it is, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, um, it talks about how Christ, due to his death, um, has um, has no longer, is no longer an effect that we have to obey the commands of the Mosaic law, the Sabbath days, the feast days. Um, and where, know, where's that at again? Just for the I list. Believe, yep, that's Ephesians chapter 2. Verse fourteen and Colossians chapter two, verse fifteen. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out because due to uh, the atonement of Christ, uh, we're no longer obligated to uh, observe the Sabbath days, the feast days, the new moon festivals, and things of that sort. Um, what's very interesting is that when I talk to a lot of guys that are in the camps, um, they believe that the law was put in place um, before <laughs> Moses was even in a, uh, you know. At, even around as a person, because they believe that the law of Moses was observed um, even during the time of Adam. That's but crazy. That I, which is crazy, right? Um, <laughs> but um, but the thing that I always go back to is, can you show me where Adam or Abraham, where they observed something like the Sabbath day, um, and they can't show me that, unfortunately. And so, no, as Christians, we don't uh, live a life of lawlessness, but... Um, but we hold on to Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 4 um, that Christ is righteousness and he is the end of the law and righteousness to all who believe. And Amen. so, you know, and, and so, so yeah, man, um, you know, like so, I said, if, if you are, uh, if you are a Jew, uh, whether you're black, you're white, whatever the case may be, and, you know, you have uh, something culturally where, you know, you, you feel um, come together on a Saturday day with your family. It's nothing wrong with that, right? It's, not, it's nothing wrong with that. Right, but right. to make it um, something that is obligation for every believer, um, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. Um, Acts 15 is a clear example of that. So, yeah. Right. No, that's a great point. And, and so what I want to do is I want to, because I, I can hear some people, well, what is the law of Christ? A lot of people like to say that, um, Paul and Jesus was contradicting each other or they believe that we believe Jesus and Paul was contradicting each other and we don't believe that at all um, actually when we talk about the law of Christ when we look at John chapter 13 verse 34 Jesus says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another and um, Paul says in Galatians 5 and 14, as he's under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So so under the law of Christ, we do not live lawless, like you said, but according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Like when we look at Galatians 5, 16 through 18, it says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now I didn't read what the works of the flesh are, but things like fornication, maliciousness, witchcraft, uh, drunkenness, adultery. These are things that are the works of the flesh that are sin. And 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 I, I think you made a good point when we did the Facebook Live um, about a week ago. And um, I believe it was you that made the point in Elder Mike where you talked about we see God's eternal character and moral law in existence in each covenant that's given from the old testament to the new testament from adam to noah to abraham to moses 
to G like we see God's eternal moral character being a consistent thing, even though the covenants uh, change. So I, I wanted to bring that out for clarity and everything, man. Do you have some final words for, for to share with people or just to finish out on this? What? No, man. Um, I, I think we covered a lot, man. Um, but, you know, just, just looking at everything, once again, um, you know, Christ is for everybody. Um, he is for the Jew and the Gentile. Amen. Um, he's white, black, Arab, Indian, whatever the person be, anybody who comes into faith in Christ Jesus and repent of their sins, um, they will be saved. The wrath of God is no longer on them. But as I believe it's Romans chapter 4, verse 15, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Paul breaks it down that if you want to stay un under the law, um, the wrath shall be upon you. And so I tell people, man, don't trust in the works of your flesh. Don't trust in your own works. Don't even trust on trying to keep perfection of the law. Only one has uh, kept perfection, and that's the unblemished lamb, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua, whatever you may want to call him. Uh, but he is the one who Amen. has fulfilled the law. And once again, as we talk about in Romans 10 and 4, that, uh, you know, Christ is the end of the law and righteousness to all who believe, man. So, so definitely. Amen, man. Desmond, thank you for coming on, man. It's been such a pleasure, man. We got to do this again. Um, most definitely, you guys, make sure you add Desmond Ingram on Facebook. Make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe to Christ Jesus TV. Um, I'm just grateful for this brother for, for bringing me in to be on the Facebook Live to talk apologetics and different doctrinal topics and things that are very, very much so relevant to the church today. Make sure you guys go to pathofrevelationnow.com again. Leave your prayer requests, any suggestions or questions um, for future shows or past, present shows. Make sure you go there. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture. <laughs>